Wow. And he did that without a cheat sheet. I can't believe I would be able to. Well, you wouldn't want to hear me sing, but I couldn't remember all the words to that. Powerful, wasn't it? Hey, if you take your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to Psalm 44. I want to show you something this morning. I read this as we started the service. Psalm 44, and I'm talking about the favor of God again today. I can't get away from it. That's good. I can't get away from it. It's following me. The favor of God. And I spoke about this, I think it's been a couple of weeks ago now, two or three weeks ago that I was talking about it. And I want to go back to it this morning. Look what he says in Psalm 44, verse 3, For they did not take the land by their sword. Let me read it in this translation. The King James, they, they did not get the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own right arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your countenance, why? Because you had what on them? You see it? You have favor. He had favor on them. They were fighting battles, but they didn't win because of their fighting. They were fighting battles, but it wasn't their sword that saved them. They were fighting battles, but it wasn't their strength that gave them victory. What was it? It was the favor of God on their lives. Listen, I want us to understand something today. The favor of God is on our lives. Jesus came and he read that scripture from Isaiah, the famous scripture, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And what does that conclude with? He says, the spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me to proclaim, uh, well, he goes through the whole list, and to proclaim the year of favor. The time of favor has come. Listen, the time of God's favor has come on you. You're walking in favor. And listen, here's the thing. These guys had battles. They had to fight but it wasn't their strength. Here's the danger. I want you to understand something this morning. Here's the danger. These guys go to fight and they win a battle and they say, thank you, Lord, you gave us favor. They fight another battle and they say, well, that was pretty good. And they fight another battle. Man, we're pretty strong. Fight another battle. Man, we got some, we got some good, you know what I mean? We start looking at ourselves instead of looking at him. And sometimes the more you're walking in favor, the danger is you can start to look at the wrong source. But I, I want you to understand something today. We got one source. The source of our favor, the source of everything we have, it's not from what we've done, it's from what he's done for us. I read a story about a man. He would travel to different towns and search for antiques. It's kind of like that show, The Pickers, The American Pickers. You ever watch that show? And the guy would go and look for different things, and he, he stumbled into a shop one day. And he, he was in a kind of a little junk shop, and he was looking around, and he saw there was this really expensive bowl on the floor. I mean, it was worth thousands of dollars. And he noticed a cat was drinking out of the bowl. And he thought, this dummy doesn't know what he's got. So the man scooped up the cat. He said, hey, mister, I want to buy this cat. I need a cat. I want to buy this cat. And the man... The man said, well, okay, you can have that cat. If you want that cat, give me $100, and the cat's yours. The man slapped $100 on the table. He said, okay, and I guess I'll, I might as well take this bowl, too, since the cat likes to drink out of it. That shop owner shouted, put that bowl down. That's the best cat seller I've ever had. <laughs> the man knew he had something 
of value. Listen, you better know what you got today. You better know what you got because the danger is if you don't recognize what God's doing in you, if you don't recognize what he's doing in your life, you'll start to look at yourself as the source. Hey, I got my bills paid. I'm, I'm not doing too bad. No, you better start giving God some glory. Hey, I'm, I'm in good health. Well, thank God, I guess I'm just staying strong and it's because I'm extra. No, you better give God some glory. You know, hey, my family's doing well. Everything's going good. I guess I, we did a good job raising. Our, no, you better stop and give God some glory because he wants the glory. And if you start taking the credit, there goes the favor. You're going to lose it. I, want, I don't want you to lose anything today. I want, you to get, I want you to walk in favor like you've never experienced before in your life. Let me, let me give you a definition. I, read, I heard this definition from Jerry Savelle. He says, here's what favor, the definition of favor. When people say no and circumstances say no, but God says yes. When people and circumstances say no, but God says yes. That's the favor of God. When there's no way possible that you could be successful, God says yes. When there's no way that you could be receive a miracle, there's no, the doctor says there's no way, God says there's a way. I made a way for you. There's a favor of God's on you. Come on. Awesome testimony from Sylvester's sister. That's the favor of God on her. Listen, I've had, I've had several, I mean, I don't know, maybe five, six people in the last several weeks that have come up to me and said, I want to tell you about the favor of God that God's, something God's done for me. In fact, somebody told me this morning, something else God's done. Hey, God's been showing me favor. I want to tell you what he did. Somebody sent me this email. They said in the past three months, we had our bills get reduced or removed completely. Some of our bills, our insurance bill was reduced. Our cell phone bill was removed. Our gas, grocery, electricity. He he said, things have just been going crazy. I don't know how it's happening. He says, we're spending less on groceries each week, but our pantry is bursting. Three months ago, we were leaning on the food bank for for some of our groceries. Since then, I had a career change and took a 30% pay cut, but I knew that was the will of God. In that time, since then, we've been taking groceries to the food bank because we've got too many. You know what? That's the favor of God. Now, listen, this isn't just about your money. I'm not preaching just about money. This is about your whole life. God is concerned about your whole life. I believe that. Somebody else sent me an email. They said, my son was in an accident, a car accident. We had some issues with our car because of it, but the insurance company denied our claim. I mean, they need to get some better insurance. Um, We can find him a salesman here. Um, But because of the favor of God, the insurance company recently came back and reversed their decision. They paid for everything. And I've I've had more and more. But here's the point. you got to recognize when God's doing something in your life. Because too many times, I believe, we as a church, we just say, oh, well, that was a nice coincidence. Oh, wasn't that nice? No, it's the favor of God on your life. Start declaring. Start telling people about it. Listen, I want to tell you how good God's, God's been to me. Amen. Well, I haven't experienced some of what you're talking about. Well, you want to. Start looking for it. Start speaking. Lord, I believe I'm going to see your favor on my life today. In some way, you're going to show it to me. Show me your favor. Because he wants to do that for us. He wants to give us his favor. 
That's why Jesus came, to declare the time of favor has come. Because, see, those people were living under a religious regime that was all about putting people down, but Jesus came not to put us down, but to lift us up to where he is. Come on, that's some good news this morning. In Exodus 12, have you got that scripture? Exodus 12, verse 36, Moses was preparing the people to leave Egypt, and he told the people to borrow some things from their Egyptian slave-driving neighbors. I don't know what that must have been like. As a Jewish person, slave driving people as neighbors and going and asking, hey, can I borrow some of your jewelry? Because we're, we're getting ready to split. You know? <laughs> and that's what they did, right? And so they go, it says, the Israelites acted on Moses' word. They asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. The Lord gave them what? Favor. Gave them so much favor in the sight of the Egyptians that they gave what they requested and they plundered Egypt. They didn't have to pick up swords. They didn't have any swords. They just, they just went and said, hey, can you give us some of your, give us, give us some money. Okay, here, take it all. They plundered them. That's, that's a strong word. But they took everything. In one night, those people had been persecuted for 400 years, and in one night, God plundered the whole nation. I want, look, I want you to catch something. You, you work on a different timetable. God is not restricted to your timetable. He can do in your life in one moment what it could have taken you an entire lifetime to earn. Somebody said it this way, a moment of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. One moment of favor you can tweet that if you tweet. I don't know anybody that does that. It's weird, but a moment of favor is better than a lifetime of labor because when God does something for you, he's not restricted. He's got no restrictions. You've got, listen, you've got no restrictions on your life. The restrictions have been lifted. When Jesus spoke those words, the time of favor is here. Restrictions are gone. It doesn't matter. I said this a minute ago. It doesn't matter what the government says. God bless them. We'll follow the rules. But listen, it doesn't matter what they say. They, they don't create your restrictions. You have no restrictions. God wants to bless you abundantly above more than you could ask, more than you can imagine. And it's not dependent on the government. It's not dependent on our system. It's dependent on the kingdom of God. What do you need today? What do you need today? Listen, he can do it today. Bob, you know, I've, got, I've had this need for 20 years. He can do it right now. He can do it right now. You can have healing. You can have miracles. You can have provision. But you're going to need something. You're going to need some now faith. It takes now faith to get some now things. Whatever your need is, God's, God's a now God. He's not a, well, one day in the future, we'll see about that. You know, like when my kids ask me something, Dad, I want to go to Disney World. Well, we'll see. That means no. Okay? We'll see. Maybe one, no, I don't want to do that. I don't like Disney World. 
I don't want to go there. Okay. Now, but you got you to have, God doesn't say, we'll see. All the promises are, oh, you've heard that scripture. Yes, and amen. But see, you got to believe this thing. You can't be of two minds about this and say, well, maybe God wants to do this. Maybe he doesn't. Let's just try the waters and see. That's not faith. That's testing God. That's not faith. Faith says, I believe it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to walk in it today. Like you've already done it because your word says you already did it. I want you to go to the book of Esther. I want to speak about the favor of God on your life for a few minutes this morning. And I want you to, to see this, this story for a minute. In Esther chapter 1, it starts with a kind of a strange part of this story. It starts off with the, a little bit of background. There's a, there's a, a king who invites his wife to come to a party that he's throwing, and he wants to show her off. And he says, come on, and, and we want everybody to see how beautiful you are. And she says, no, she's not going to be a trophy wife. She's not going to have any of it. And this king is so angry, and this king is so frustrated, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's beside himself. And he goes to his advisors, and the advisors all say the same thing. Get rid of her. Get a new wife. And he does. Well, right, let's get a new one. That one didn't work. Let's get a new one. That was, that was, that was the advice they gave him. I'm not, I'm not talking to you about how to, how to treat your wife. I want you to understand the story. Listen, so here's what happens. So Esther, God takes her into a position to go into the throne. If we had never had that weird part of the beginning of the story, if you ever read Esther chapter one, it's kind of like, what's, what's, why am I reading this? What's going on? But I want you to understand something. God's showing you that he's already moving people. He's already moving positions. He's already shifting things in the natural to prepare the way for what's going to happen in the future. His moving those people around was going to take Esther in for the time that she was needed. Sometimes we get frustrated when things don't seem to work our way. Why does this happen? Why did, I, why did I lose that job? Why did this? No, don't get frustrated. God's moving you exactly where he wants you. But you got to put some faith in his favor. You got to have faith in his favor because he wants to do something in your life, but sometimes we restrict him because we say, I don't, and we, we fight the system of what God's trying to do. He's trying to move you. He's trying to position you exactly where he wants you because that's how he does things. He puts you into a place so that you're prepared for the future when it comes. Just like with Joseph. Joseph didn't want to go to Egypt the way he went. And maybe he didn't have to go that way, but that's how it all, but God worked it all out together for good. He was putting people exactly where he wanted them. Listen, he's got you where he wants you today. You might think, why am I doing this job again? What am I, what am I here for? What, what's my purpose? No, he's got a purpose for you. He's got you where he wants you. And he's going to use you in ways that you didn't expect. But there's something, maybe there's something coming in the future, but he's already got you prepared. He's, don't, listen, somebody said it this way on Wednesday night. They said, they said, look, in all this chaos that's going on, God's got a plan. And what I believe what they mean is this, in all the, the things that are happening, God didn't orchestrate chaos. He doesn't do that. He doesn't create 
chaos and create evil. But in all this thing going on, God's already prepared solutions. Whatever happens, whatever things might come into your life, God's already prepared solutions for you in advance. You just got to believe it. You just got to receive it. You got to walk in that. So this is where we find Esther in this situation. And God put her, God put her into a place, into a position where she was coming into the palace. And he had her in the right place at the right time. So I want you to understand this is how this works. God's got you in the right place. He took Esther to the right place at the right time. you got to trust that his favor will do what he said it will do. See, no one could have predicted what was going to happen in Esther's time. That sounds true today. No one could have predicted coronavirus. Well, Bill Gates says he did or something, but nobody could have predicted the things that are happening in this world. But God, he's already got solutions because he can see the future. And he can see your future. And he knew what you'd be facing today. And he knows what you're going to face tomorrow. But he's already got the solution prepared. So trust his favor. Trust the favor of God on your life. So God raised up Esther. And he always raises up somebody during a season when there's a moment of need. When there's a moment of need, God brings somebody in with an with a anointing upon their lives to take care of the need. His solution in Egypt and the famine was Joseph. In Babylon, it was Daniel. When there was Goliath, he sent David. And when there was a Haman problem, he sent Esther. Whatever the need is in your life, God's already prepared the solution. He wants to use you. Listen, he wants to use you to solve some problems. Because there's some things happening in our world and they're crying out for answers. You've got the answer this morning. The Holy Spirit's in you. You've got the answer for everything happening in this world. You just need to start listening to what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing it. Look at Esther chapter 4 for a minute. So at the time of the world's greatest needs, he uses people in greater ways to meet those needs. So look at Esther chapter 4, you got verse 11. All the royal officials and the people of the royal provinces know that one law applies to every man and woman who approaches the king. So here's the story. Esther has become the queen. She's become the queen. God moved her into that position. And now her uncle says, listen, there's a situation. Haman's going to destroy all the Jews. You need to go ask the king to spare us. And she says, look, there's a law. If I approach the king and I'm not summoned, I could be put to death. In fact, Josephus says there used to be men who would stand at the door with axes. And if you approach the king and he doesn't put his staff out for you to come in and approach him, you'll be instantly cut into pieces by those men. This was a serious thing. This wasn't just a, a little girl who was being a little emotional or something. This is, a, this is true that she could be put to death. And she says, only if the king extends, extends his scepter Will that person live? I've not been summoned to appear before the king for 30 days. Esther's re Esther reported that to Mordecai. Go to the next one. Mordecai told the messenger to tell Esther, listen to this now. Don't think that you'll escape 
the fate of all the Jews because you're, you are in the king's palace. If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows? Here's the famous, the famous quote. Who knows? Perhaps you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. God raises up people for such a time. God's got you where he wants you in this moment, in this season. How do you know you're not right where you are? God's got you right where he wants you for this time that our world is facing. I believe God's got you in this season, in the place where you are, so that you can bring some, some change to this world. Amen. So Esther knew what to do. She was facing the dilemma. If I go before the king, I could be cut in pieces. I could be destroyed. So she knew what to do. She told Mordecai, you get everybody you know, and you start praying, and you start fasting, and I'm going to ask for favor. And so they began to intercede. They began to pray. She began to believe God for favor. And here's what I believe you got to do. If you want the favor of God on your life, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a couple things you got to do. First thing, I've already said it, acknowledge the favor of God. When the favor begins to come, you acknowledge it. Lord, I thank you for your favor. I thank you. That's the favor of God. You, you get up and tell somebody, hey, God gave me favor today. God did this for me. God did that for me. You acknowledge it. You thank him for his favor, and you tell somebody about it. You want the favor of God. You got to acknowledge it. You got to tell people about it. You got to thank him for it. If I take my kids out for ice cream and they don't say thank you, I don't really want to take them again. You ungrateful. <laughs> you know, I'll go get ice cream for myself. No, I want them to thank me. You need to be, we need to be a thankful people. Look for a second at Acts chapter 20. I want you to see what this says. So you've got favor on you today. Jesus announced it. You've got it. But you've got to get some faith in the favor. I mean, faith in what God wants to do for you and through you. Look at what he says in Acts chapter 20. This is Paul speaking in verse 24. Acts 20, 24. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus. And here's what he says his ministry was to testify to the gospel of God's grace. The gospel or grace can also be interpreted favor. The gospel, he calls the gospel, the gospel of God's favor. He says, I got to finish my, I got to finish my work and finish telling people about the favor of God on them. What's the favor of God? He's talking about the gospel is the favor of God. The favor of God says you don't have to die in your sins anymore. You can be saved. The gospel of favor says you don't have to go to hell. You get to go to heaven. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. He just wants to do it for you. You didn't earn your healing. He just wants to give it to you. You didn't earn your provision. He just wants to do it for you. That's the gospel of favor. Come on, somebody. Look at verse 32. Same chapter. Look at what he says. And now I commit to you, I commit you to God and to the message of his 
grace or his favor. And look at what he says his favor is able to do. His favor is able to build you up and to give you something, to give you an inheritance. His favor gave you an inheritance. His favor is building you up. It's making you strong. It's strengthening you. You didn't earn it. It's your inheritance. When you became born again, when you're born into a family, you don't earn your inheritance. You get it because you were born. Just by nature of being born, you, you earned something. You earned an inheritance. If there's anything left, you can have it. That's how inheritance works anymore, isn't it? Whatever's left over, you get it, okay? Now, I'm probably going to spend it all, but you'll get whatever's left over. But you got it. You got it because you were born into that family. When you were born again, you were born into an inheritance that you didn't earn. You just got it because you're a child of the king. And you came into the kingdom of God, and he's pouring out his favor on you, lavishing you with his favor with his, your inheritance, and it's a better inheritance than anybody on this earth could leave to you. His favor, his grace is building you up. See, there's things in this world that will try to tear you down. There's, there's situations the enemy will throw against you that will try to tear you down. Your emotions, your, you can't trust your emotions. They'll try to tear you down. Your thoughts, you start letting your thoughts think about that. He'll try to tear you down. The enemy wants to stop you. He wants to put you under, but the favor of God's building you up. The favor of God's making you strong. God never has a plan to take you down. He only has a plan to take you up. That's good, isn't it? That's good news right there. Hey, listen, I, I, and I want to say this. I, I was so touched at the, the funeral when I, uh, of Dave Hawkins when I read the the testimony that he wrote, I thought it was so powerful because he said he came to the realization of, of what it means to have a heavenly father. He said, my, my own father wasn't a, a loving person. I didn't feel that love. I was scared of him. But he said, when I came to know my heavenly father as a loving father, it changed everything. It changed everything for him because he recognized that God wants to treat him like a loving son. He wants to treat him like a son that he loves. And he wants to put his arms around him. He wants, to, he wants to do things for him because he loves him. That's what our God does for us. Amen. I read a story about Billy Graham. I think I've shared it before, but I think it's just so powerful. It really speaks to what God's done for us. He said he was a young evangelist. He was traveling um, through a little town one night, maybe in North Carolina somewhere, driving down the road a little too fast trying to get home and he got pulled over by the police. He was going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. They wrote him a ticket and had to, he had to go stand before the judge. And he went before the judge and the judge says, were you speeding? And he says, yes, I was speeding, I'm guilty. He says, okay, then you gotta, you gotta pay the fine. At that time, the fine was a dollar for every mile over the speed limit. He had to pay $10 which was a lot of money back then, but I think we'd all be driving a little faster today if it was only a dollar. Um, so thank you, Lord. And so the, the, judge, the judge said, okay, the fine is $10. You got to pay the fine. And he looked at, he recognized, and he looked at the name, he recognized the name Billy Graham. He said, you're Billy Graham, the evangelist. He said, yes, yes, sir, I am. 
He said, okay, well, the fine is $10, and the judge pulled $10 out of his pocket. So I'm paying the fine for you. Come on, let's go to dinner. And he took Billy Graham out for a steak dinner. And Billy Graham said, that's exactly what God did for us. When we were sinners deserving death, God said, there's a, pe- there's a punishment for your sin and his death. I'm going to send my son to pay the penalty for you. And now, come on, I'm going to take you to dinner. I'm going to do everything for you. Everything you need has been taken care of. Isn't that good? That's how good God is. And with Esther, you see repeatedly the favor of God showing up in her life. Favor took her to the palace. She stood before that king facing a death sentence. But favor took her places that she should not have been able to go. Favor will take you and give you give you an audience with people that you shouldn't be able to get an audience with. Favor will do things for you that people will say, how did you do that? It was just the favor of God was on me. God wants to do that for you. Look at Esther chapter 4, verse 15. She knew it was a death sentence to approach the king, but she went anyway because she understood that the favor of God's honor, nothing could stop her. She sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found and pray. We talked about this. And they prayed for the favor of God. Go to the next verse. Oh, that's the last one. Yeah, she prayed for the favor of God. After three days, she approached the king. There were guards standing at the doors. It was a do or die moment. Maybe you've been in moments like that where it feels like if something doesn't happen, we're in big trouble. She stood there, and again, according to Josephus, the king looked a little angry. He kind of scowled at her, but then a smile crossed his face. Something changed in his countenance. He put out his staff, and he accepted her to come forward. God let the favor of God come upon upon that girl. And she came in, and look at chapter 5 now. As soon as he saw her, chapter 5, verse 2, as soon as the king saw her, she won favor. And he, he makes this statement. Go to the next verse. The king said to her, what wilt, I don't know why I picked King James for that one, but I did. What wilt thou, Queen Esther? What wilt thou? And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to half the kingdom. Hey, that's the favor of God. Whatever you, hey, look, Esther, whatever you want, you can have it up to half my kingdom. He just committed himself. Whatever you want, it's yours. This reminds me of something. Jesus said, whatever you want, you can have. Whatever you want, you can have it. But as soon as he saw her, the favor of God was on her. Jesus said, you can have whatever you ask for. You can put that scripture up, John chapter 16. Let me read it to you in this passion translation. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me, Jesus says, for anything. But instead, you'll go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire. He'll give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for any single thing in my name. But now you can ask and you can keep on asking him. You can be sure that you'll receive whatever you ask for and your joy will have no limits. 
Listen, that's what Jesus did for you. Just like the king told Esther, you can have anything you want up to half my kingdom. Jesus went a step further and said, you can have anything. There are no limits. The limits have been taken off. Amen. Whatever you need today, you can ask the father and he'll give it to you. I feel like I'm preaching harder than that, you all. Come on. Thank you. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I need some encouragement. Um, look at, let me close this. E- Esther chapter 7. So the queen said to the king, I want to give a feast and have you come to the feast. She wasn't bold enough to ask at that moment for what she wanted, but she said, come to a feast, you and Haman. I want to talk to you about something. So they came the first day and she didn't have enough boldness to say what she wanted. She said, come again the second, the second night, and, and, and I want to throw another feast for you. So they came, and on that second night, she began to tell what was happening, that there was this evil man who wanted to destroy her people. And the king said, who's this evil man? And she says, it's this guy right here next to you. She had, now listen, she gave a feast with the king and the murderer sitting right next to her, sitting right next to her, And it makes me think of that scripture from Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, you've got something, you've got something so good on you. The devil can come right up in your face and you just, you're just enjoying a meal with the king. He can't do anything to you because you've got favor with the king. And when the devil tries to come against you, you say, you say, Dad, I got a problem. What's, what is it? Who's the evil person who's trying to hurt? It's him. I'm gonna, I don't get that boy. Whip, whip him. And, and you, just, you, just, you just speak to your father. Listen, that's the kind of favor you've got on your life. You've got the favor of God. There's nothing that can touch you. The devil can't stop you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy you. He tries to steal from you. He tries to do it all to you because he wants to tear you down. But Jesus came to lift you up. He came to give you abundant life. He's, you've got the favor of God on you. There's nothing that can stop you, amen? The king found out. They put a a mask over Haman's head. I won't make a mask comment. They put a mask on him. The guard spoke up and said, hey, Haman built some gallows in the backyard. He was gonna gonna hang Mordecai on that. They said, let's take take him and hang him on that instead. So the king had had Haman hung on the gallows. See, the favor of God's working on you but you got to put your faith in him. He put his favor on you, not just for you to be whole. He does, he does so much more. He gave Esther favor for his people. He gave Joseph favor to save the world. He's not just giving you favor for you. You understand? He's giving you favor for people around you. He used a little girl named Esther. Esther didn't know at that time that she was gonna have a book of the Bible named after her. She didn't probably think of herself like anything important. She didn't think of herself as Esther. She just thought, I'm just somebody. If I come before the king, he might kill me. I, have, I can get an audience with him if he doesn't kill me. There was some fear there. 
and she was concerned. She didn't feel like Esther. Listen, you may not feel like anything important, but you've got something on you that the world doesn't have, and they can't figure out why you're able to do what you're able to do because he's put his favor on you, and he wants to use you to change the world. I really believe that. He wants to use each one of us to change our environments. He wants to use each one of us to change our workplaces. He wants to use us to change our city. But you've got the favor of God on you. You've got to start using it. Amen. Stand up with me. In 1 Peter 4, verse 10, he says, As every man has received the gift... Even so, minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You're stewards of the grace of God. You've been given the grace to minister to those around you. Bow your heads with me. Maybe you've got somebody that you're thinking of today that needs to experience the grace of God. It's not about deserving it. I don't know anybody that needs it and deserves it. No, it's not about deserving it. You've got it and you can minister to it to other people. People in your community, people in your neighborhood, people that you work with, they need the favor of God on them. You can administer that to them. You can bless others around you. God wants to use you to change this world because this world is in desperate need of change. This world is in need of godly people to rise up with the favor of God to do what the, what the time demands. So Lord, we thank you right now that we have the favor of God on our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we're walking in favor. Lord, that we're blessed. But Lord, we're, you've given it all to us so that we can influence this world. Lord, I pray for opportunities this week for each person to minister to their, to their world, to speak to people about the love of God. Lord, to minister, whatever it might be, miracles, signs, and wonders following each person confirming the word of God. Lord, I pray that each person in this place would have an opportunity to minister the grace of God to somebody this week. Lord, I thank you for blessing each person. I thank you for the anointing that's upon them. I thank you they're anointed to proclaim the time of favor has come. Lord, we just rebuke the disease that's been plaguing this world, plaguing our nation. Lord, we speak up and we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you this thing. I read a report that said this, they believe this thing is going to begin to weaken and die out without any kind of vaccine. And Lord, we just declare that this thing is dying out. It is dying out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the grace of God that's on us. Lord, I thank you for blessing each person in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning as we close.